Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor David Lindell, Executive Ministry Pastor at James River Church. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. And today is a little bit different for us because we take a couple of Sundays during the year to talk about what we're going to be doing as a church to reach the world with the message of Jesus. And so last Sunday, we talked about the impact we're believing that God is going to make through our missions giving around the world. Today, we're going to be talking about what God has put in our hearts to be a part of doing around the United States. And part of what's exciting about a day like today is that on a day like this, we get better at hearing the voice of God. This is not just a day about missions, although missions is God's heartbeat, so it would be okay if it was. But today is a day to hone your ability to hear God's voice in your life. Not just about a missions faith promise, not just about what God wants to do in your finances, but what God wants to do every day. The applicability for what God wants to do in this moment is huge. It has implications for every single facet of every one of our lives because God wants to speak to you. And I believe that you're going to hear God's voice. I believe I'm going to hear God's voice. That across the campus, you're watching online, God wants to speak to you right there in your living room. No matter what state you're in, what country you're in, at every campus, God is speaking this morning. He's even talking to you right now. I believe he paved the way by his voice causing and stirring your heart to look to him to say, God, I want to believe you for bigger things. That's what a day like today is all about. God, I want to trust you more. I want to believe you to do the impossible through me. I was talking to somebody and they were sitting in the second mission Sunday service last year. So on the second week, and they were listening to the message, and they felt like as uh, the word was being preached that God dropped it in their heart that he wanted to do something through them that they had never done before. Like he wanted them to, to go where they hadn't gone before. He dropped it in their heart. They felt, they sensed that God spoke to them. I want you to make a six-figure missions faith promise. That's big right? That's big. God dropped that in their heart. And they knew in that moment that it wasn't them, it was God, that God was speaking to them. It was something they had never done before. They went, didn't walk into the service thinking that's what they were going to do. God put it in their heart in that moment. They wrote it down on the card. And by faith, God helped them accomplish that this last year. He channeled his infinite resource through them, which is exactly what he wants to do through every one of us. So anytime, here's, here's part of the life of faith, that anytime we're hearing the word preached, it's an opportunity for us to hear God speak. Anytime we're hearing a message preached, we need to come with a posture that says, God, I believe you want to speak to me. Because here's what Paul says in Romans chapter 10. He says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when the word of God is preached, what happens is God causes faith to rise in your heart and faith to say, God, I believe you're going to do more. I believe for bigger things. Why? Because you've heard God's word and it's caused something to shift in you to trust God more. And so that's what's happening today, which is thrilling, honestly. And so as you're listening to this, what you need to be doing is saying, God, what are you speaking to me? 
what I need to be doing in this moment, saying, God, what are you speaking to me? What are you leading me to do? What are you, what are you putting in my heart, causing faith to rise for in me that you're going to bring about, not because of who I am, not because of what I have, but because of what you want to do and what you have. That's an exciting thing. So I love Mission Sunday because on a Mission Sunday, we get to touch the world. And today we're going to talk about some really, really exciting things that we get to be a part of. And the impetus for this is Jesus' words in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Look at this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you, that's you, say that's me. That's, that's me. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So you, how do you think about what Jesus said here? When Jesus says to Jerusalem, you can think of your immediate context so that you are called. I am called to my neighborhood. We are called to the places we go to school, the place you work, to your office park, you know, your city, your town. You're called to your immediate context. But also part of the calling on every one of our lives is to take the gospel to our region of the world, to our nation. So when it says Judea and Samaria, when Jesus said that, that's, that's the area where you live. That's the country you live in. Maybe you're watching online today and you're, in, you're not in the United States this morning. You're in a different nation. You're living there for work or you're there on assignment for some reason. God has called you to that nation. But that's not all. Jesus said, and to the end of the earth. In other words, there's no place on planet earth that we aren't called to reach with the message of Jesus. We're called to go everywhere. And so last week, Brandon talked to us about what God has put in our hearts to be a part of as a church, to go around the world, to go to the end of the earth, to be a part of planting 32 international churches around the globe in places like Slovakia and France and Thailand and in Southern Asia and in Uruguay. He's called us to go around the world. I think of the, I mentioned it already, but going to the nation of Morocco and being a part of planting 20 churches there. I don't know if you realize this, but in order to undertake that project, that project alone costs $2 million. But we believe that God is causing faith to rise in the hearts of people across Southwest Missouri to change a nation on the other side of the world, on the African continent. And as Dick Brogdon said, he believes it will create a ripple effect that changes Algeria and the other surrounding nations out of what God does through us in Morocco. It's exciting. Can't wait to see what God does. I also know that God wants to work in the United States of America. How many of you know that our nation desperately needs Jesus? How many of you know our country needs a revival that turns people to Christ? How many of you are believing that God's word would sweep across this land to change every town and every nation, to change Washington, D.C., every state capital, every municipality? I believe it's in God's heart that we would step out in faith and that God would make us channels of his supply to reach our nation for Jesus. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Planting, being a part of planting 20 new churches in strategic locations around the United States. It's so exciting to think about this whole idea of planting churches. But maybe you're saying, okay, I know you're excited. That's great. I'm excited for you. 
But why is church planting so exciting? Like maybe you're not on, maybe you haven't jumped on that train yet. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I, I know you're fired up about church planting. I'm going to try to be right there with you, but I don't know what I should, why I should be fired up about church planting. I'm going to tell you why you should be fired up about church planting. And the best way to figure out why you should be fired up about church planting is to go to the words of Jesus. Because in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, Jesus said this, I will build my church. Come on, how many of you know Jesus is building his church? He's in the church building business. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not. The gates of hell shall not. I think shall not is a, is a phrase you can say with some strength. How, much, how many believe the gates of hell shall not? Can you say shall not across all the campuses? One, two, three. Oh, that's good. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And there are three truths about the significance of church planting, three reasons within this verse why we would plant new churches. And the first is that church planting comes with a promise. It's the promise of church planting. Go back to the verse. Jesus said, I will. Don't you love that? Not I might. Not I possibly could. No, I will. How many of you know when Jesus says, I will, he will. When Jesus said, it will be done, it will be done. He's a promise keeper. If he said it, you can take it to the bank. It's going to happen. Jesus said, I will build my church. But the question is, how does Jesus keep this promise primarily? What is the primary way that Jesus keeps the promise to build his church? And the answer is church planting. And the reason that we know that is that this is the way the gospel advanced in the early church. This is the way the gospel advanced among the earliest Christians. This is the way the gospel spread like wildfire through the Roman Empire and subsequently turned the world upside down through planting churches. Think about the Apostle Paul that he goes to towns, strategic locations, cultural hubs and cities. And when he goes into a location, he doesn't just preach. He doesn't just meet people, but he goes, he preaches, he meets people and he establishes a new church. That's what he does. Every location, scholars estimate that the apostle Paul planted between 14 and 20 churches personally. How many of you know the apostle Paul was a boss? I mean, like church planting machine on top of that, he raises up other leaders who also plant churches. When Peter goes into a region and wants to see people reached with the message of the gospel, Peter planted churches. When the apostle John went into a, a region, he planted a church because this is the way that Jesus is building his church. This is the way Jesus is advancing the gospel. This is the promise of church planting that Jesus is working. It's how the gospel goes forward. But not only is there a promise attached to church planting, there's also a priority to it. I want to no, notice the priority. Look at Jesus' words again. He said, I will build not the church, not a church. He says, I will build my church. Jesus takes the building of the church personally. It's personal to him. Why? J Jesus loves the church. Jesus died for the church. The church is called the bride of Christ. That Jesus loves 
people and where his, his love for them draws them into the family of God. It's literally God's heartbeat, the establishment of the church. And because Jesus takes it personally, the church is effective. And because the church is effective based on Jesus' promise, church planting will be effective. That's how it works. It's effective for reaching people. In fact, there was a guy by the name of Peter Wagner, PhD, taught at Fuller Theological Seminary for many years. He did decades of research as a missiologist on the most effective ways for reaching people in any context. And here's what he found. Peter Wagner said, the single most effective evangelistic methodology under heaven. It's a really, really fancy way of saying this works the best, is planting new churches. It is not a effective strategy, it is the most effective way for reaching people. Dr. Tim Keller, pastor and author, church planter as well, wrote this. Dozens of denominational studies have confirmed the average new church gains most of its new members between 60 and 80 percent from the ranks of people who are not attending any worshiping body. In other words, these are unchurched people. These are people who are not attending another church, 60 to 80%. You compare that with the average existing church, not every existing church, but the average existing church draws only about 10 to 20% of its people from the category of those who are unchurched. So this is what, it's say, what he's saying here is that church plants are magnets for lost people. Why? Because Jesus' priority is the church. Jesus makes church plants effective. Jesus loves seeing the church advance and move forward. The apostle Paul writes this in Ephesians. He says, at the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts and by which he fills everything with his presence. Here's what we know. Sometimes people can feel like, oh, the church is over here on the perimeter of what is happening in the world. That's not the way that the New Testament writers saw it. They said that the church is at the epicenter of how God is working in the world. The world's on the perimeter. The main event in the course of human history is Jesus building his church. Do you want to be a part of what Jesus is doing on planet earth? Be a part of establishing new churches. He said, I will build my church, but there's also a power attached to church planting. Look at this. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What are the gates of hell? This speaks to a stronghold. This speaks to something that is bound up or constrained. What Jesus is saying is there may be places where you can spot a stronghold. There may be places where you feel like hell itself has a chokehold on a group of people, a city, a nation, a region. And yet when the church is established, not even hell itself can prevail against that. That's the power of church planting. All of us can think of regions. All of us can think of places where it seems like Satan himself is at work in such a way that you're like, I don't even know how things could change there. And yet plant a church and watch the gates of hell recede. Plant a church and watch darkness pull back as light advances. This is why we're so passionate in our missions focus about seeing new churches planted because we know it's powerful. We know it's Jesus' priority. We know that Jesus promises to make it effective. And so 
we have, as a church, again and again and again, been a part of establishing and planting new churches across the United States of America. And so last year, what we did is we got to partner with 20 new church plants, helping them get established in these cities. And I think of Paul and Hannah Morrison. So this is Paul and Hannah, and they felt a call of God to go to North Dallas in the Frisco area and plant a church, Cadence Church. And they said, God has gone before them in such an incredible way. They went there with this mandate to bring heaven to earth, this mandate to see a church established to bring light to the darkness. And they said, what's happened is the church has just been attracting all of these people who were disinterested in God. They told us the story of a couple who came. The husband was an alcoholic, wife battling severe uh, anxiety. They came to Cadence. Their lives have been turned around. He is now addiction-free. She was set free of anxiety. Said They're on their serve team helping build Cadence Church now. She's amazing. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So they started meeting. Their first official gathering was in late September. Since then, they've seen 19 people come to know Jesus. Come on. Come on, church. And here's the thing. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. The Bible says, do not despise the day of small beginnings because the Lord loves to see the work begun. Here's the thing. A church plant can look small, but it's significant to God. God looks at it and says, I love what's happening there. God says, don't worry about the way that it looks from the exterior. I'm doing work on the interior. I'm creating a foundation. I'm calling the lost in. And guess what? You're going to change this community. You're going you're to move back darkness because the gates of hell won't prevail against it. A church plant might look small, but its impact is constantly growing. I can't wait to see what God does through Cadence Church in 2022 because I believe for them and for Frisco, the best is yet to come. That's what's going to happen. Last year, you think of cities with uh, a stranglehold by darkness on them. I think of the city of Seattle. Seattle is one of the most unchurched and dechurched cities in America, regularly hits top 10 lists of least Christian cities in the United States. And so we got to get behind Drew and Emma Davies and their family. We introduced them to you last year. This is their amazing family. They're super cute kids. They felt a call of God. They're Australians. They felt a call of God to go to the city of Seattle and establish a gospel outpost. And God is doing incredible things in that city. But I don't just want to tell you. I want to show you because it's so amazing to watch how God is working through Drew and Emma and their church. Hey, James River, Drew and Emma here, lead pastors of Hope Village Church in Bellevue, Washington. In March of 2020, we responded to the call of God to relocate our family, step out in faith and plant Hope Village Church here in the greater Seattle area. And one of the coolest things for us was how Pastor John and Debbie and you as a church have rallied around us, prayed for us, invested in us financially and sent us to this city to help more people find and follow Jesus. We started Sunday services at the end of 2020 with our launch team of roughly like 100 people. And within
end of the year, we have seen it grow to over 500 people. We have baptized over 40 people. Right. Uh, we've had like 250 people make decisions for Christ. Yeah. And we've started 20 discipleship groups, like small groups yeah. across our yeah. city. It's so incredible to get a front row seat, just all that God is doing. Thank you so much, James River Church. Uh, all of this is because you invested in a dream, you invested in a church plant. We cannot thank you enough. And we can't wait to see all that God's going to do and continue to do in the future. So thank you so much. Thank you. Let's give God some praise. That's amazing. That's the power of a church plant. 250 people in one year coming to Jesus in a city that so many people have written off. That's why today is significant. That's why this moment, that's why you and I hearing from God matters because eternity is in the balance. Because of today, people will be in heaven. Because of today, eternity will look different. Because of today, God is going to speak to the hearts and lives of people who hear about a new church popping up in their area and say, maybe there's hope there. Maybe there's life there. Maybe not all is lost. Maybe God still cares about me. That's the power of a church plant. And so today is not about what you can do. Today is about what only God can do through you. Today is about you listening to God's heart and embracing a love for the lost that says, God, I believe you want to mobilize me. I believe you want to channel your resource through me to see churches planted around the nation, to see cities and lives changed in Jesus' name. And think about what Jesus said in Luke's gospel. He said, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. In other words, there will be people that you meet on the other side of eternity's shore who say, you know what, I'm here because a church was planted in my city. I'm here because a church was planted in my area. Thank you so much because you trusted God, because you listened in a service, because you gave, because you allowed God to work through you. I'm here because you gave. It says, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves. Why? Because there will be family. Part of the family of God will be there because you leveraged your resource and you allowed faith to rise in your heart and you stepped out and said, God, I believe you can. I believe you want to do something significant through me. Well, as we talk about the gates of hell not prevailing, we talk about the power of church plants. I want to introduce you to the 20 church plants that we get to be a part of planting this year across the United States. We're literally going coast to coast, north to south. Look at this, Dunkirk, New York, all the way to Elk Grove, California, San Antonio to Pelican Rapids. Do we have anybody from Pelican Rapids in the house? Oh, come on. We're going to plant a church right there in Pelican Rapids. That's going to be amazing. And you think about the strategic nature of these locations, how God's going to work. I don't know if you're aware of this, but planting a church in Anchorage, Alaska is a big deal. Alaska is one of the least Christian states in the United States. It's got one of the lowest populations of Christians across the state. We're going to be planting a church in Anchorage, Alaska. That's exciting. I can't wait to see what God does. We're going to be planting a church, part of planting a church in Inglewood, California which is incredible. That part of Southern California is in desperate need, in desperate need. And God is going to work. But when you think about since the start of the pandemic, they've seen a 54% increase in their murder rate. 
I mean, homicides skyrocketing. The place is in desperate need of Jesus. That's why I'm excited for us to get to partner with Jason and Stacy Shepherd. Here at the Shepherd family, they're already building their launch team, believing God to do big things in Inglewood, California. And I believe God has sent them there on assignment. And I can't wait for us to get behind them and watch what God does. That's amazing. We're also going to be planting a church, part of planting a church in Springfield, Missouri. You know the place? You know the place? This is so exciting. This couple, Stone and Madison Moss, they, they felt this call of God to reach people who are trapped. They actually were living in North Carolina, felt God call them to Springfield, Missouri. It's amazing. Here's the thing. We have a heart for Southwest Missouri. I believe God wants to establish churches across Southwest Missouri to reach the lost. They're going to plant a church in North Springfield to reach those trapped in addiction and poverty, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to be powerful. I don't know if you realize this, but it wasn't too long ago. Several years back, we were part of planting John and Hannah Alred, Freedom City Church. About five years ago on a Mission Sunday, we announce that to you, and you think about what God is doing through Freedom City. I can't wait to see what God does through Stone and Emma and the church he raises up right here in Springfield. But that's not all. We're also going to Tampa, Florida. Tampa. Now, some of you, you only know Tampa as a vacation destination. Great spot to go get some sun. It's also one of the least church cities in America. 67% of the people in Tampa are unchurched. It's also got an enormous poverty rate across the city. Over 20% of the people live in poverty. In East Tampa, it's over 50%. There's, it's one of the fastest growing cities in the nation. I believe ninth, ninth fastest in 2020. It's set to outpace Miami in population this year. So the opportunity in Tampa is absolutely staggering. And we have the opportunity to get behind the Bagwell family. These guys have been building their launch team. This is Brian and his family, and God is using them. God is strengthening them. In fact, they had their first in-person gathering, so they've been building their team. They're getting ready to officially roll out, you know, roll out the church to the community, but they had their first in-person gathering in January. 414 people showed up. 14 people made decisions to follow Jesus. God is building his church. So we get to be a part of what God is already doing. Here's the thing. He's already out in front of us. He's already at work in these locations. He's already at work in these cities. And can I tell you, he's already out in front of you. As we talk about making missions, faith promises, it can seem big and daunting, but the reality is it's not, it's way, 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 way smaller than the bigness of our God. And he wants to do something massive. He wants to do something through you that you look and say, only God could do that. That's why it's called a missions faith promise. Because it's an only God moment. So establishing these churches is going to cost at the very least $15,000. And so you could say, hey, I want to be a part of establishing that church in Inglewood. I want to, I want to, you know what? I've got family. My family hails from Alaska or man, Dunkirk, New York. I'm from the New York area. So I'm, I feel like God wants me to be a part of this by adopting that church plant. And I'm going to make a missions faith promise for $15,000.
It could be that you, you say, I, I really want to adopt two of those. Maybe your wife is from an area, you're from an area, and you say, you know, we're going to do both. And we're going we're gonna to make a missions faith promise for $30,000, believing God to use us as missionaries of supply, that we live in the Ozarks. God is going to work through us to transform different regions of the country. It could be that your life group goes in together and says, hey, we're going to adopt a church plant together and that we're going to collectively do that as our mission's faith promise. I don't know what God is speaking to your heart. But the fact is that right now is a listening moment. God is talking to you and this is a great moment to cultivate a listening ear to say, God, what are you saying? God, how do you want me to be a part of this? Because God, I don't want to do my number. I want to do a faith number. I don't want what I can do. I don't want what I would come up with on my own. I don't want that in any area of my life. And I know you don't want that either. You don't want what you can do for you. I want what only God can do in me and through me and then subsequently for me. Because as we make faith promises, here's the the fact of the matter. As a result of us making faith promises, of us stepping out in faith, people are going to be saved. We're going to get better at listening and responding to the voice of the Lord. Faith is going to rise in our hearts, but also God is going to bless our lives. God's going to bless you. God wants to work through you as he causes faith to rise in you to reach people that you'll never meet this side of heaven, where the reason he's doing that is because ultimately he wants to bless your life as you get in lockstep with what he's doing on planet earth. And so here in just a moment, we're going to grab our faith promise cards that might've fallen on the floor. So you want to locate that faith promise brochure right now. But as we talk about generosity and as we talk about faith promise giving and as we talk about reaching people around the world, our giving doesn't just affect people on the other side of the globe. Our giving affects the people in our lives. Why? Because I want to leave a legacy of generosity for my kids. I'm the beneficiary of the people who went before me. I'm the beneficiary of grandparents and great-grandparents who walked with God and trusted God. I'm the beneficiary of parents who have consistently stepped out in faith. And now I want to leave a legacy for my kids, two of them sitting in this service. I want to leave a legacy. I want them to be able to watch mom and dad and say, I watched them trust God. I watched mom and dad step out in faith. And because I saw them live at the forefront of what God was doing on planet earth. And because I saw them live at the forefront of God's blessing, I believe that God will do that in my life and through my life. You leave a legacy of faith through stepping out in faith. If you don't step out in faith, you can't leave a legacy of faith. And so what Becky and I are doing is we're saying, okay, this year we're going to do more for missions by the grace of God, by faith. We're going to make a bigger faith promise than we ever have before. And here's the thing. I've found that if your faith promise doesn't unnerve you, it's not from God. Or at least very likely it's not from God. That there's something about saying, God, okay, I'm stepping out. Here's the thing. God doesn't want to give you a faith promise you're comfortable with. Why? Because he's stretching you. He's challenging you. He's moving you forward. He's saying, hey, trust me. I'm a big God. I can do something far bigger than you can do on your own. And that's what faith promise giving is all about. It's about God doing more than what seems possible. 
I want to give more than what's possible. How do you do that? You can't. On your own, you can't. You can't live a life and leave a legacy of watching God do the impossible on your own. You can only do that when you go on a faith journey of trusting God and stepping out in faith, because here's the thing. You can't give more than what's possible, but God can through you. You don't have it, but he does. Because some of you, I know what you're saying. David, what God's put in my heart, I don't have. Here's the good news, God does. And you don't know. You don't know how he's going to channel his supply through you. Faith promise giving is not a pledge. A pledge is you saying, okay, I can see my way to how I'm going to make this happen through my investments or through my savings. This is not that. Faith promise is not your tithe. This is not you redirecting your tithe. The tithe is the first 10%. It belongs to the Lord. For to the goes to the place where you worship. It's a biblical pattern and precedent. Faith promise giving is you saying, over and above my tithe, I'm believing God to channel this through me, to be a missionary of supply in a place I may never go in person, but I can be there through my giving. I can be there. And then watching God supernaturally work through you to see it done. Last week, Brandon shared the story of Josh and Emily. And last year, they were sitting in a Mission Sunday service, and they were thinking about what should the mission's faith promise be, and Emily stepped away, and so Josh was there in the service making that, writing it out. She got in the car, and she asked, what did you end up landing on? It was fun. I called them this week just to kind of talk to them, encourage them about sharing their story, celebrate that with them. But, you know, Emily got in the car and she said, what did you land on? And he had landed on a number that was about half their annual income. And she had a minor panic attack. Um, but she quickly said, okay, I believe God. And they started to give as much as they could, as quick as they could. They started putting seed in the ground because if you want to harvest, if, you, if you're believing God to do something big, here's the way giving works. That The biblical pattern is to put seed in the ground and God brings about a harvest. You need a big harvest, you got to plant early. So they started giving. Within four weeks, she said, she said, she's a little fuzzy on, on like exactly, but about three to four weeks, Josh had an interview. He's trying to get a job in a field, but he had not been able to land a job yet. So there were some, you know, just roadblocks in the way. And so they made this faith promise. Four weeks later, he goes into this interview. He gets a job. Do you want to know what the difference between his, his income from the other job? And the, some of you already know, you're way out in front of me the exact amount of their mission's faith promise. God, is that, is that them or is that God? That's God. That's God. That's not a coincidence. That's God on the move. Okay, it gets better. So that, that takes care of the faith promise. But in the course of the year, Emily gets a promotion. You want to know what the difference is between her salary before and her salary after the promotion? The exact same as their faith promise. Only God, only God. 
Here's the thing, some of you are like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. The number's way bigger than me. I made one last week and now I feel like I'm gonna tear it up and make a new one, but I have no idea. I have no idea. Here's the thing, you need to take great comfort in the fact that God cares about every person we're reaching infinitely more than you do. He knows the future, he knows your finances, and he knows the good things he has planned to do in your life as you trust him, as you trust him, as you step out, you're gonna watch him move. And it's moments like this. It was moments like the moment in Josh and Emily's car where we learned to hear the voice of God and say, okay, God, okay, I hear you speaking. I'm gonna do what you're saying. I'm gonna do what you're calling me to do. You may have turned in a card last week and you're saying, okay, I hear about all these church plants. I hear what God's, I feel like God is speaking to my heart. I want you to know that's awesome. It's awesome. And he's gonna bring it about. But it's a faith step to write it down and say, okay, God, I'm gonna take you at your word. I'm gonna believe what you're speaking to me. And I'm going to do that. The question is not what you can do. The question is what would faith do? What would faith do? We walk by faith, not by sight. We make mission prom- missions, faith promises, not by sight. We make them by faith. Faith. What would faith do? What is God speaking to you? And I talked to somebody in between service, and I said, I think the Lord in this service, now I know this person, I have a very good relationship with them. I said, I think God might talk to you about in- increasing your faith promises next service. They said, oh, he already has. It's like, so I believe the Lord is speaking that. I believe he's speaking it across all the campuses. I believe he's talking to people online. And so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna ask you to grab your card. You've located it. I'd ask you to grab it, all the campuses. But i like everybody to hold this. Come on, when you found it, wave it in the air. Now, I want you to hold it up because I'm gonna, before we fill these out, I wanna just pray that God would give us listening hearts. Once again, I don't want what I can do. You don't want what you can do. You want what only God can do through you. You want him to work through you as a missionary of supply. And so would you lift your card up real high? Just say, God, this is yours. Cross all the campuses. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for speaking to the hearts of people in this place. Thank you for talking to people online across different countries, different states. Lord God, that you're talking to people at the West Campus, the Joplin Campus, at the North Campus. You're speaking to us right now. God, we want listening hearts. Lord God, we want to step out into the deep. We want to walk with you to see you do the impossible in us. And I believe that you're talking to people about that right now. Lord God, to go where they haven't gone before. By faith. In Jesus' name. So I'd like you to grab a pen. You know, and as as you're filling this out, one of the things that my dad often says is I don't want what I've done in the past to be the yardstick for the rest of my life. I want to take new territory in the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God. And so as we write these down, that's why is God speaking? Why is God making me sweat right now? He wants you to take more territory. He wants to do something bigger than you've ever seen him do before. So take that card. The bottom is perforated. You can tear it off. So this is the part you're filling out. If you're online, there's a link in the chat and you can fill that out. If, if this is a new card for you, what I'd ask you to do, and this will really help us get an accurate total, is that you'd write new card at the top of your card, 
So new card. And instead of adding what, if you feel like God is asking you to increase your missions, faith promise, instead of adding the new amount or, you know, to what you did last week, put the new total. So if it's weekly, if it's monthly, if it's however you wanna do it, you're gonna write new card, and then you're gonna put that new total online. You can just click uh, the link, the box that says, increase my missions, faith promise. But right now, we need everybody to fill one out, everybody online. And uh, you're just, as you're filling that out, a couple of things, this is, you're like, why do you need to say this? I'll tell you why I need to say it. If you write Spider-Man or Mickey Mouse, or you do your best impersonation of a doctor's signature, we won't count it. And here's why, we will not count an unsigned card because missionaries are counting on this. So we're not gonna total unsigned cards. We're not gonna tie, you know, we're not gonna total, you know, fictional characters' names because it matters. What we do, what we say we're gonna commit to matters. But you also need to know this, that I'm not gonna tear mine up yet because I fill it out. But after we tally them, we're gonna shred the cards. Why? Because it's between you and God. You're never gonna get a letter saying, you said you were gonna give this. This is between you and God. So after we tally the cards here, we're gonna, we'll give you an update on what was committed in Missions Faith Promises, and it'll be so exciting. But God wants you to hear his voice. And so as you're filling that out, please do it legibly. And there's a, there's a spot there to say, hey, I want, you know, this is a new address, or, you know, I want a, more information about missions trips. But you're just saying, hey, God, I want to step out. And as we collect these cards here in a moment, the hosts are going to come forward at every campus. Um, and you're going to say, hey, um, I know I need God's help. I want to be a missionary of supply. It's a big number. I'm writing my number out and it's, yeah, I need God's help. Becky and I need the Lord's help. And the quickest way to get a harvest to put, is to put seed in the ground. And that, what does that mean? That means if you're old school, you're writing a check today because you're gonna say, with my mission's faith promise, I'm gonna start giving towards it because I need a harvest. Maybe you're going on the app or online, you're gonna press the give button just to say, hey, I wanna start giving towards this right away because I know I'm gonna need the Lord to help me make this happen. And I believe with his help, I'm going to see him do it. He's going to do it. How many of you believe God's going to do it? He's gonna do the impossible through us. I believe it. So I've written mine out, you've written yours out. If you're online, you've filled it out. But I'm gonna ask the host to come forward and I'm gonna ask you, once you've written it out, you just detach it from the brochure because it's perforated. You don't need to turn in the whole brochure. And then fold your missions faith promise card like this. And would you just hold it up? And I'm gonna pray a prayer of blessing over everybody who's making a faith promise across all of the campuses and online, believing that God's gonna do something supernatural through you. So right now, as you finish filling it out, got your address on there, got your name on there, got that faith number on there. So exciting. Would you hold it up across all the campuses? Would you hold it up? And would you put your other hand like this just as a posture of receiving from the Lord? Because he's gonna bring it about. This is not about what you can do, it's about what only he can do through you. Father, thank you. God, you're speaking to our hearts right now. God, you've spoken things. Lord, you've given us a boldness to trust you in a new way. God, I pray that as we step out today, Lord God, we would see you do the impossible through us. Lord God, we'd see our nation and our world reached with the good news, the message of Jesus. God, and we thank you for it. We pray it all in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen.